And this is a series that we're doing, our sermon series is called Peace on Earth. And this is what we're going to be talking about through the month. We're going to be talking about different aspects of peace and, and looking at what peace is. But, you know, you hear the phrase throughout the year, and people got Christmas cards, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. And, 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 and it's a good time for us. But on December 9th in 1965, I was a year old, amen, CBS aired a special called a Charlie Brown Christmas. And prior to the airing of that special, uh, the, network, the network executives, they were kind of leery about showing it. They got, do we really want to put a cartoon on and, you know, having to deal with Christmas and all that? But they said the reason they did is because they already reserved the time slot, so they went ahead and aired it. And I was reading, and it's talking about what took place before they actually aired that, uh, that, that, uh, that, that special, the Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, the writer, of, of, it was based on the Peanuts, the comic strip, the Peanuts, and uh, the main character is Charlie Brown. And the writer of Peanuts was named, a man by the name of Charles Schultz. And he says as they were writing the story, it was Charles Schultz and two other men that were uh, uh, writing the story of the Charlie Brown Christmas. And they're interviewing the wife because he had already passed away. And he says that they all three agreed on everything and every part of the story. He says, but except for one thing. There was one thing that they had a big disagreement on. And it was when Charlie Brown asked the question, is there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And that's when Linus came up and he began to quote the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. He began to give the meaning of what Christmas was all about. And they said this was an expression of Charles Schultz's beliefs and his faith, that he wanted that in there. His wife said that he loved the Bible because there were miraculous things in the Bible, that he just loved the Bible. But he was told that you can't put the Bible on TV. He said, you just can't do this. You can't have somebody come and put the Bible on TV. But Schultz, you know, replied, if we don't, then who will? And he says that they ended up keeping the story. And as that special has been shown year after year after year, uh, for I don't know how many years it's been shown every year, it, it says that it was quoted that even non-believers found something to appreciate, appreciate about that special. Our series scripture is based off of Luke chapter 2, the very scriptures that Linus read. And it says, And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others. It's talking about when they're arriving, when G the birth of Jesus, and the armies of heaven, and they're there with the baby Jesus and praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Again, this month, we're gonna look into different aspects of what peace is. Tonight, I wanna title this message as I kick it off, The Purpose of Peace. In Romans chapter five, in verse one, it says, so now since we have been made right in God's sight, by the faith in his promises, the faith that we have in the promise that he gave us, we can have real peace with him. Talking about we can have real peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. See, Jesus saved us from the penalty of sin. He saved us from a spiritual death by giving his life for us and bringing us into a peace relationship with God that we are no longer separated from God, that we no longer have the penalty of sin, which is a separation from God. He continues on in verse two, because of our faith, he has brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand and we are confidently and, and, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to actually becoming all that God has in mind for us. It says now that we've come into a right relationship with God and we are at peace with God, now we can confidently look forward to everything and becoming everything that God has for us in our lives. Why? Because Jesus made peace between us and God. 
as I was doing some reading on, on, on the peanuts, you know, I kind of you know, did a little research on peanuts. Not the peanut, but the, the comic strip. It says that, and I remember growing up watching, watching you know, the, the, the Peanuts gang and, and all the different uh, specials they would have, the, the, the cartoon, the, the comic strip. I, always read, I used to always read the comics in the newspaper. One of the things I'd always read was the comics. I used to like to read all the different comics, and Charlie Brown was one of them. And one of the things that Linus was known, known for, he was always known for carrying his security blanket. He always had his security blanket with him. Wherever he went, he had that security blanket. When you talk about a security blanket... It's an item that brings a person a sense of comfort. A lot of babies, a lot of children, they have that security blanket because it brings them a sense of comfort. It brings safety and calm. It brings assurance. It brings assurance or a freedom from anxiety. What it does, it gives them peace from what troubles them. But there's a lot of adults, I was reading about it, that a lot of adults have security blankets. They have security blankets, things that they trust in, that they believe in, that brings them peace, that brings them a, a calm during their times of trouble. If you were to take away... That security blanket, people would be spun into panic and fear. They would just lose fear because it's like, oh my God, I need my blankie. I need my blankie. That's my granddaughter. She's always say that. She'd be like, she had a little stuffed animal and she'd be going crazy because she couldn't find a little stuffed animal to sleep with that night. And she'd be running all over the house trying to find this crying and screaming because she couldn't sleep without it. And a lot of people, you know, if you were to take away their security blanket, they'd be spun into fear and panic. They'd be without peace and they just couldn't sleep without it. When we look at our lives, what is our security blanket? What is it that we put our trust in? What brings us temporary peace? Is it our careers, our possessions? Is it a relationship, our position, or our social status? What is it that really is our security blanket that if these things were taken away, we would be spun into fear and panic? When Charlie Brown asked the question, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Again, Linus begins to quote scripture. He begins to, read, to speak out of Luke chapter 2. And I want to pick it up in verse 8. And out of the King James it says, And there were the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock at night. The angels come, present themselves before the shepherds in the field. And the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. They were afraid. It says, As the light of the Lord shined upon them, it says that we're, they were afraid. And in verse 10, and this was brought to my attention, and I looked it up, and I mean, I actually watched the video. I was watching it, uh, the, the Charlie Brown Christmas. And I was just basically watching, and you can look it up tonight. He came to verse 10, and he says, And the angel said to them, Fear not. And as soon as he said, Fear not, Linus drops his security blanket. Look it up, watch it. He drops his security blanket. And he says to fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people for you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord. All these years of trying to get that security blanket away from Linus, in that very moment when he said fear not, he drops it as an expression of having security and trust and peace in the one who was born for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. See, we don't need a security blanket. What we need is Jesus Christ. This is what we need in our lives. We don't need a security blanket to run to things that bring, makes us, brings us peace. Jesus said in John 14, 27, he says, peace I leave you. This is the peace that I leave you. The peace I give you, I do not give you the, 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 the peace that the world gives. 
says, I'm not giving you the kind of peace where the world that people look for to try to find comfort, try to find peace, try to find a, a, a way out. He says, I'm not giving you that kind of peace. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. See, when we're at peace with God through Jesus, Again, it tells us that he brought us into a right relationship with God because of what Jesus did for us. We have peace from God because of Jesus, and we don't have to be afraid. Paul tells us it's a peace that comes from God that goes way beyond our understanding. Paul says it's, it's, it's a peace that it's, it's, it's way beyond our understanding, that we just can't figure it out. We don't need to figure it out because it's a peace that God gives us. It's a peace that just it goes way beyond our thinking and understanding. It's just something that God gives us. And what it does, it gives us a sense of security. See, in a season where we should be rejoicing and celebrating Jesus, what happens is the father of lies, the devil comes in and tries to discourage us, tries to tempt us to look for our security blanket to bring that temporary peace. The devil begins to lie, begin to tell us things during this season where we should be celebrating Jesus. What happens is people begin to get the Christmas blues the devil begins to lie that nobody loves you, that you're all alone, that you're lonely. Where's God during this season for you? What happens, he tries to get us to associate with bad company. Begin to get invited to, to things that we know we shouldn't probably do, shouldn't, play, shouldn't be. But the devil lies and says, might as well, you're lonely, you're all alone. Nobody's there, nobody loves you. See, again, the devil lies during this season. Begins to lie about, you know, individuals are not, no longer around during this season. It's like, man, Christmas ain't gonna be the same without them. I remember when my, Tina, Tina was pregnant for my first son, Bobby, and me and my grandfather were really close. I had a really close re, uh, relationship with my grandfather. He retired when I was still young, so spent a lot of time with him. He you know, coached me in baseball, did I, him and my dad. They were, we were really close. And when Tina got pregnant, I was really excited that, you know, he was, he was excited that I got a girlfriend, first of all. You know, I was like, ah, I've got a girlfriend. You know, he's all happy for me. First girlfriend, you know, I was like, hey, man, I got married to her. Praise the Lord. I wasn't even saved, amen? But he was all excited for me, that, you know, and, and, and when she got pregnant. But what happened is he passed away in November, two months before my son was born. And that broke my heart because I always wanted him to see my son. I was so excited that my grandfather was going to finally see my son. So I understand during the holidays when we miss somebody, we can become a killjoy. We're just miserable. We're just a bummer, you know. It's like, oh, they're not here, and, you know, it's not the same. And, and what happens is the devil lies to us, begins to make us miserable during the holidays, during the Christmas season. The devil lies about our relationships with our spouses. I think this is one of the biggest ones during this time of the year. You know, the lies that, you know, it, your husband, he never gives you any attention. Your wife, she doesn't respect you. What happens is through the year, you start noticing, you know, a coworker at work. And what happens is we start, and, and this is one thing is, is a danger is gift exchanges. To begin to exchange gifts with the opposite sex. Because what the devil does is he begins to lie to you, begins to bring temptation. And I've seen so many workplace affairs take place during this season. I don't do work, uh, gift exchanges with the opposite sex. You young men, let this be a lesson to you. Even young women, just don't do it because the devil is a liar. And the person, the other person, you might have the right motive, right intention. You're like, oh, praise the Lord, I want to just give them a gift. But they got the wrong way of thinking. And you could turn into something, something bad. 
But see, this is what happened. The devil lies to us. So there's your security blanket. You know, here's that guy. You know, he's been talking to you. Your husband never talks to you. Here's this, here's this lady. She, she respects you. Your wife don't respect you. Oh, they bought you a gift. Why don't you give them a gift? That's what the devil lies. The devil lies that, you know, you're broke during Christmas. You're not going to be able to get the gifts that you want for your kids. Your kids are going to hate you because you didn't get them the latest toy. I was driving around work one, uh, it was the other day, one of my coworkers, and he's on his phone, and he's trying to find this new Disney, Disney game. I don't know what it is, but he's telling me about it. It's like all the Disney characters on this one game, and he's looking everywhere, and nobody has it. And he's going crazy trying to get this toy for his granddaughter. And he finally finds it. He goes, oh my God, they're like over 200 bucks that people are selling them online. What happens is we start to feel that way. To, oh, man, I can't get my kids the latest. And what happens is we start doing whatever it takes to try to get these things. And devil lies for you. Oh, your kids are going to be upset with you. Your kids are going to love you. And you, you can't get them these things. What happens is we even begin to hold up back from what, what belongs to God. Because the devil lies. You don't have to pay your tithes. You don't have to give an offering. Just give your kids what they need. God will understand. I remember one year we were... I wasn't working, and we were going through some hardship financially. And man, it was discouraging. It was. I'm not going to lie to you. And devil was lying to me because I couldn't get my kids anything that year. I was, I was such a bummer. But what happened was God began to bless my kids through other people. And I was, man, I was like, I was crying because I was like, God, thank you. Because I was here so discouraged, so disappointed, so upset. You know, because, you know, and we even came home one day. We had went to my parents and we came home and there was all these presents in our front door for my kids. See, the devil lies and says, ah, you know, God, don't, God won't bless your kids. See, just Jesus wants to give us that peace. See, disappointment also comes in for, because the year didn't go the way we planned it. Things just didn't go the way we planned. We go, wow, this was my plan for the year and I'm gonna do this and this and this is how it's gonna happen and nothing worked out. The devil lies to you. He says, why, why plan? Why follow God? Why do these things when your plans never work out the way you want them? And what happens, he tries to get us to step out of the will of God, get us to go out and start drowning our sorrows. See, Jesus says, the peace I give is not like the world's. See, the devil tries to get us to seek what the world gives, to destroy the very plan of God, the very purpose that God has for our lives, to, become, become, to keep us from becoming all that God has for us. He wants us to pick up that security blanket, blanket and tell us, you know, God has forgotten you. John 8, 44, he was a murderer from the beginning, talking about Satan. He always hated the truth. Why? Because the truth sets us free. There is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is, the li- he is a liar and the father of lies. Again, the devil wants to bring discouragement, depression, Suicidal thoughts bring doubt of God's love for us during this season. They say during this season, the depression and the suicide rate goes way up. Why? Because of the lies of the devil. To begin to tell people, you just end your life. You'd be better off. And it's not true. That's a lie from the pit of hell. He wants us to go back to our old sinful ways, our old sinful way of thinking to try to separate us from God, to kill and destroy the very plan that God has for our lives. See, Paul warns us in Romans 8, 6, he says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. 
If we go back to our old simple ways, we start thinking our old simple ways, it's going to lead us to death, a spiritual death, a death that we're separated from God, a separation from God. He says, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. We've got to stop listening to the lies of the devil. Begin to, to let the Spirit control our minds and our thoughts, and what it will do is lead us to life, but also to peace. See, Romans 16, 19 tells us that when we don't throw on the towel, he says, but everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. It's important that we stay obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and stay innocent of any wrong. He says, do what is right. Stay obedient to God. This makes me happy that you're staying away from wrong. He says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the Lord and the grace of our Lord be with you. His lies, his temptations, his false accusations, his schemes will be crushed by the God of peace. Jesus says a thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he says, I've come. Jesus has come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. A full, complete life Part of that complete life is giving us peace. When we look at some of the purposes, some of the reason that God gives us peace, one of the reasons is so that we can trust in him. See, when we have peace in our hearts, we can trust God with our whole heart. When there's peace and we know that God is in control, that God is with us, that God has is, is got a plan for our lives, then we say, you know what? I can trust God with my whole heart. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust God with your whole heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Don't try to figure it out. Just trust what God is doing. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. When we seek his will, he will show us the direction we will go. And when we have peace, we're able to go in that because we trust him. God knows, God knows exactly what he's doing. We don't need to figure it out. We just need to trust him and follow the path that he leads us on. In Psalm 56, it says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? See, when the enemy attacks, when the devil lies, comes, and, and just tries to bring fear in our lives, we do not have to be afraid because we put our trust in God. I trust you because I praise God for what he has promised me. Why should I be afraid? In Psalm 112, 7 and 8 says, They do not fear bad news, for they con confidently trust in the Lord. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. He says they do not fear bad news. Sometimes we get some bad news. And what happens is, it begins to spin us into a panic. Start running around, where's my blanket at? Where's my security blanket? We start looking for that blanket because we get bad news. But he says the righteous is they do not fear bad news because they confidently trust in the Lord to care for them. Sometimes we get bad news, but we just gotta say, you know what, God, you're in control. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna believe in you. And in that, God gives us peace. In January 30th, 2000, it was the St. Louis Rams. They played the Tennessee Titans in the Super Bowl, 34. And let's see how I have time to tell this story. So the Rams had a 16-0 lead. 
going into late in the third quarter. And what happened was the Tennessee Titans started to come back. They started making a run. They started coming back. And they ended up tying the score. So with a little less than two minutes left, the Rams got a touchdown, took the lead 23-16. to So it was about a minute 54 left in the game. And what happens is the Titans just start marching back. They're just moving. They're just moving. Rams just can't stop them. And, and, and they're just moving, moving. And what happens is, and I was watching this, it was uh, mic'd up. You know, they, they call it mic'd up is where they have a mic on an individual, and they just follow him with the camera on the game. Well, they had the head coach, which was Dick Vermeil. They had the head coach. And they show him on the sideline, and it's, you know, the, the, the Titans are just marching down. They're getting ready to score again. The Titans go score. And he's, and he's standing on the sideline, and he looks at two assistant coaches, and he's, oh, no, we got two guys coming out. We got two guys coming out. And you see two defensive linemen running off the field, they're running to the sidelines, and he starts yelling at one of them, you want to come out of the game with 26 seconds left in the game? You want to come out of the game with 26 seconds left? And he's like, oh my God, I can't believe this. 26 seconds left, and they took themselves out of the game. The assistant coach says, wow, they're just exhausted. And I thought about this, all the years of hard work to make it to the biggest game of their life, the Super Bowl. This should have been their greatest moment being on the field because the Rams ended up winning that game. This should have been their greatest moment being on the field when they actually won the game. But what happened is they took themselves out of the, out of the game and they were on the sidelines due to exhaustion. See, another purpose for peace is that we find rest in him. Because of the business of life, everyday battles, the trials we go through, some that are going through sickness, you know, I find so many times that people are that are just exhausted, both physically, but also spiritually and emotionally. They're not enjoying their life or their relationship with Jesus. You know, it just, it, it just, it's just like, I'm just exhausted. I can't take it anymore. I've had it up to here with the trials. I've had it up to here with the battles. I've had it with the sickness. Whatever it is, I'm battling. I've had it up to here. I'm just, I'm exhausted. I'm done. So what these men did, they just ran off the field because they were exhausted. 26 seconds left, think about that. And they got off the field. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. All of you that are exhausted, whether it be spiritually or physically, he says, come to me, that carry that burden and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Man, sometimes you feel physically, spiritually burned out. You feel like you can't go on, but Jesus says, come to me, and I will give you that rest. Psalm 127, it says, unless, oh, it says, it's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Talking about someone that's just working day and night, but it says they're worried fingers, that they're stressing out, that they gotta work, gotta work, gotta work. To try just to stay ahead. He says, don't, he, he says, don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? He's talking about overdoing yourself. You're worried, you're stressed about trying to make ends meet. You're missing out on your time with him. You're not enjoying your family. Believe me, I understand what it is to be tired. I, I, I was sharing with a few people In the 21 years that I've worked for the city I've worked with, this had to be by far the busiest time we've ever had this year. Busiest time. I know Pastor Dan was telling me the same thing with his his company. 
Because what it is is the cities, the, the state allowed people to add on to their houses without having to, 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 to zone it. You, you basically add on, a, you could you convert your garage into living quarters, you can add on living quarters. So with our city, by doing that, we had to install a new water meter to each house, a new water service to each house. Everybody in the city was doing it. And I was getting stacks of work orders, stacks of them. And we were like so far behind. And, and I'm getting calls from customers. Hey, when are you going to put my thing? I paid for this like five or six months ago. I'm sorry, you know, I got, a, I got a whole list of people ahead of you. We're running around trying to just take care of some of the guys who are coming under their days off just to try to, get, to keep up. So I understand what it is to be tired. But he says, slow down. Slow down. Don't, you know, you're spending too much time worrying about all these things, trying to make these ends meet. He says he enjoys giving us rest. Why? Because he has everything under control. Because he loves us. God said, just rest. I got this under control. You don't have to be working early morning to late at night trying to make it in. I'll take care of you. Just get some rest. Peace. In peace I will lie down in Psalms 4, 8. He says, in peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. He says, in peace I will sleep. So many people, they just can't sleep at night. Stressed out about so many different things. The things the devil's lying to you about, you know, you're just up all night, not able to sleep. He says, in peace I will lie down and sleep. Again, for you, O Lord, o Lord will keep me safe. Basically, we stay, when we go back, go down to sleep, you're saying, okay, God, it's in your hands. I'm just gonna sleep tonight. I'm gonna leave it in your hands. I'm gonna go to bed. Why? Because, God, you have everything under control. This is where that peace comes in. See, when God gives us rest, it's to recharge. It's to reboot, as they say, to refresh, to take that time to get closer to him, to get off the sidelines and get back into the game to see victory in our lives. See, what God is, is doing, he's saying, I give you rest so you can refresh, so you can draw closer to me, so you understand that I got everything under control. Another one of the purposes of peace is that we can live life with a purpose. To live life as a pur- with a purpose is a deliberate act to live with the mindset that you are here to accomplish something. That is to live life with a purpose. Is you're here on this earth to accomplish something. Our purpose should be to accomplish God's will for our lives. Whatever God's will is, that should be our purpose. God, I want to accomplish the will, your will for my life. See, when times we begin to say that, I have a purpose for my life, and the devil will say to you and lie to you and say, you, you have a purpose for your life? With all your insecurities, your attitude, your anger issues, all your failures, you want to have purpose. We can say, no, devil, that's the old me. Jesus brought me back into a relationship with God. I'm born again. I'm a new creation in Christ. That old man's gone, dead, and buried, and now I have a purpose to fulfill the very purpose and will that God has for my life. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. Masterpiece. God calls you a masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ. Why? So we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. He's created us as a new man and woman of Christ. Why? So we can do the very things that he has planned for us. 
We are a masterpiece. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Why? So we can accomplish the very plan and will of God. See, then we're at peace. We're able to say, yes, God, I know that you're going to help me to get through this, help me to accomplish these things. See, these old things in our lives, our old insecurities, our bad attitudes, our anger issues, our failures, they're all gone. They're all passed away. We have peace with God, and the peace he's given us now allows us to live life with a purpose so we can do again the things that he has planned for us. In Romans 5, I started with this in, in, in the beginning of my message, Romans 5, 2. For because of our faith in Jesus, he had brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand and confidently and joyfully look forward to actually becoming all that God has had in mind for us to be. See, we can seek his will for our lives and not be afraid of the path that he takes us on. It says we can confidently and joyfully look forward to actually becoming what God has for us. First John 2, 17, the word, world and his desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. It's eternity in heaven with God for those that do the will of God. Our purpose is to live for God and to do the will of God, to make an impact in this world that we would live together with God forever. Jesus speaks in John 5.30. Jesus is speaking. He says, I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not doing my will, doing his will. Jesus himself is saying, I am doing the will of God. And that should be our purpose, that we would do the will of God. Romans 5, 1, it says, So now, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, in his promise, we can have real peace with him because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Another purpose is to be in fellowship with him, that we can worship him. See, when you talk about worship, it's giving our deepest affection, the highest praise to God the Father. It's the highest, you know, again, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek God first. It's our deepest affection. It's the highest praise that we can give to God the Father. In Deuteronomy 6, 4, it says, O Israel, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. There's no one else. It's just God alone. He is our God. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Again, it's talking about God first, that we would worship him and him alone and him only. See, the world tells us you can't worship the Lord. You need to be silent. Nobody wants to hear about your Jesus. You need to love other things before God. I always hear this. You know, what about your family? You gotta put your family first. Your career, you gotta put that first. You gotta put yourself first. All these things should come before God. Right now is a time where you can't even say Christmas. It's like, oh, I got an email. We're having the, the end of the year winter employee appreciation. Don't say Christmas luncheon. You know, they don't even say it's a Christmas luncheon. But see, fear comes that something will go bad if we stand for God and put him first. And we say, you know what? I'm going to stand for God, and I'm going to put God first. A lot of times the devil lies. say, don't do it. Something's going to go bad. Something's going to go wrong. Something's going to happen. So you know? He said, love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. Put God first. 
Charles Schultz was told, we cannot put the Bible on TV, but he stood his ground and said, no, we're still gonna do it. And the word of God was preached around the world on TV by a, t- a cartoon, but God's word was put out there. To this day, I always remember that, because I remember watching that when I was a little kid. And I always remember that speech. And it's, it's Luke chapter two. See, when we're at peace, there's no worry or doubt when it comes to surrendering our lives to God. We have the freedom to worship him, to love the Lord, to put him first, even when we're told not to. I, I get emails again, and oh, we're having the, again, the end of the year, you know, whatever. And I'll send it back, okay, here's, here's our list of, for the Christmas party, you know, the Christmas luncheon. And, they, you know, I was like, just got to throw that in there. See, we got to love the Lord with all our heart, our soul, and our strength. In Psalm 63, it says, oh, God, you are my God. You are my God. There's no other gods. He says, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land. David's in the desert where there's no water. I have seen in your sanctuary and gaze upon your power and glory. God, I've seen your power. I've seen your glory. I know who you are because you are my God. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. Think about that. Your unfailing love. There's nothing that separates us from the love of God. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. God, how I praise you. I praise you as long as I live. All the days of my life, I'm gonna give praise to God. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer. A sign of surrender. Lifting my hands unto you, Lord that you, God, are my God. The worship team can come up. In Psalm 28, he says, the Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with my heart. Again, it's with my whole heart I trust God. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. God helps us, church, when we Worship God and seek God first and, and, and put him first in our lives. God helps us. And my heart is filled with joy. We don't need a security blanket to try to get us through, but we say, no, God is the one that helps me. And my heart is filled with joy. And he says, I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Begin to sing songs of praise and thanksgiving. Why? Because my heart is filled with joy because God helps me. Psalm chapter 119, he says, I will keep obeying your instructions forever and ever. Forever. Amen. For all you Sandlot fans. I will keep obeying your instructions forever. Forever, church. The devil lies to us and says, it it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Say, no, I am going to obey the instructions of the Lord forever and ever. I will walk in freedom. I have devoted myself to your commandments. I will speak to kings about your laws and I will not be ashamed. Think about that. I'm gonna speak to kings about my God and I will not be ashamed. See, when we have peace from God, we will not worry about any backlash or repercussions for living and obeying God's instructions and commandments in our lives. We have the freedom to worship 
wherever and whenever we want. See, we are not ashamed about who God is and what Jesus has done for us in our lives. Jesus brought us into a right relationship with God and his purpose with peace is that we would be able to trust him, that we'd be able to rest in him, that we'd live with purpose and that we can worship him and we can do all that God has prepared for us. Why don't we stand this evening?